Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens absolutely wrecked another NFC opponent. Lamar Jackson didn't want to talk about it, but let's just say it. He owns the NFC. And man, that means good things if we make it to the Super Bowl. Am I right, guys? What a great day at the bank. I was so happy. I was with my best friends, and we won. <laughs> Aw. Well, I, I had the same feelings as well. It was great being with all you guys and, and K-Fish and just taking in a great Ravens win. And um, yeah, I, I will say I was not aware of that uh, record that Lamar has against the NFC until it was brought up post-game. But yeah, I agree. I I think it sounds really good for the Ravens uh, if they are able to make the Super Bowl this year or whenever they make the Super Bowl um, because, look, the one that one loss uh, is to the Giants, so I don't think we have to be too worried about them being the opponent uh, in that game this year. So, yeah, they lost Daniel Jones, though. So tough times. Well, even if they had yeah. Daniel Jones, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of season to go. Um, but this was a excellent win. Uh, Detroit comes to mind immediately. Um, uh, same thing, you know, a, a team that we expected to have a very tight game with. Um, Unlike Detroit, early on, it looked like it was going to be that way. It was started out as a field position game, but Seahawks made one mistake. We pounced, and then and then that was it. Ravens just ran away with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't even, uh, you know, if we're talking about the turnover battle, like Ravens had a couple of turnovers, um, still fumbling, kind of continues to plague the offense a little bit. Um, you know, one of them, I think, was recovered by Seattle. Uh, one of them, Lamar ended up bouncing on top of, but... But yeah, the big difference is basically just how the Ravens responded. If they recovered the the turnover, they went and scored. If they let one go, defense held for the most part. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty fantastic. I mean, I think we got to go right in the defense, though. Just again, man, top to bottom right now, this defense is just playing incredible. I mean, defensive line, super strong. Secondary, very strong. I mean, if you would have told me that we limited DK to basically one catch all game, I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, I think we talked about it in the preview episode. Like, I was like, we don't basically don't have anybody to cover DK. <laughs> like, Marlowe right now, not the most healthy. Even if he was, you know, he's a he's a physical guy, but DK is a whole other level. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, one catch, that was it. Um, and yeah, linebackers, obviously, you know, Rowan Queen doing their thing. So um, yeah, right now, man, this defense is just playing at such an incredibly high level. It's it's really great to see. I don't know if you can bet over-unders of first downs allowed by a defense, but I guarantee you the under was hit. Only six first downs all game. Hard to win a football game uh, if you only get six first downs all game long. That is just top domination by the Ravens. Only two explosive plays let up. You mentioned the one, the 50-yarder to DK, his only catch for the day. Absolutely radical, top-to-bottom defensive performance. Um, The comparisons have begun. Apparently, no team has been so efficient per play as the Ravens since the 2000 Ravens defense. And this is a whole new era of NFL. It's honestly incredible. (laughs) I never thought we would see the day. I think it was even just last year I was saying, maybe we should invest more in offense because, like, is it is it even possible to have a defense this good anymore with all the, the way the league is officiating? And and I think they took that personally. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> they they literally, um, it, it's, it was on repeat 
in the uh, in the locker room. Bulletin board material. Yep. Someone, one of the scouts, one of the scouts, one of the interns was uh, scouring the internet for a uh, bulletin board material for the defense, and they they heard that quote by you. And I've been told by an insider that uh, they've just been looping that. They've just been looping on that. And they've been like, man, this guy's this guy's takes is worse than uh, Marlon's food opinions, man. Yeah. We got to show him wrong. We can't let this guy be right. So, <laughs> but it's so incredible to see what this defense has done. Um, you you bring in Mike McDonald last year at the beginning of the year. You trade for Roquan Smith, and just everyone's game has been elevated. Patrick Queen, we talk about all the time. Justin Matta, BK. Ravens record, right? Six game, straight games with a sack. Um, he keeps making money every game, every time he steps out on the field. Geno Stone gets another pick. Another pick. He's now two ahead of anyone else in the NFL in interceptions. We're at the point where we're like, man, last year we were all excited for Marcus Williams signing, and Marcus Williams, he's been excellent when he's been here. Now we got to talk about, hey, when Marcus comes back and he's healthy, where does Geno Stone fit in? Because he's too good to, to be on the bench, right? They have to look. They have to look at what packages they're going to be able to do to keep him out there. Um, and of course, we could keep going every week. We're talking about these guys, and you know, I, I think this week it seems like we always pick some guy to focus on. And we talked a little bit about this guy, but um, man, Odafe Owe had a, a sack today. Um, he could have had another. Unfortunately, didn't wrap up just like against Arizona, but he had a good one there against, I believe it was Cross, the left tackle. Showed a spin move. Showed a spin move. He showed showed some uh, some pass rush moves out there. Got the sack on Geno. Uh, one of four sacks on the day for this pass rush unit. Um, we talked about it in the preview set. This was a very good offensive line, and they were stronger in pass protection than run blocking. Which isn't to say they're bad run blocking team. It's just that that was what the unit was 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 better at, and the Ravens' pass rush was still able to have success like they've had every single game this season. Yeah, I was going to say. I think the yeah, from the pass rushers, I think you got to talk about. I mean, everyone right now is just playing at such a high level. I'm I'm really glad you mentioned uh, Odafe spin move because yeah, it's it's been something. I think he's been doing a lot of the last couple of weeks and first two years i mean you never really saw him do much of that he was always trying to bull rush guys try to use his arms but not very well and end up getting stuck in traffic and you know the common thing with him is just you know hey the guys are holding them and it's like well you know you got to develop a counter right you got to have another move to be able to get around these guys and um dude all day you, you could find so many clips of ravens defensive linemen edge players guys just putting all the Seattle offensive linemen like on skates. They're either like not <laughs> not balanced, off balance, literally turned around the wrong direction, just like not even be able to block the guy, but they're just like sitting there and be like, you know, hey, this guy got around me. Like literally every player, man, just uh, the 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 coaching on that side of the ball right now is just incredible. Everyone's playing at such a high level. And uh you know another guy Van Noy, uh Kyle Van Noy ended up getting um, a sack and a strip sack fumble, uh, back-to-back plays as well. So he ended up with two tackles and uh, and two sacks on the day. Um, another one of just like just putting all these pass rush moves on and and being able to get around guys. We got stunts. Um, you know, pretty much everybody's feasting right now, and it's just wow. Like 
it, it, it's it's one of those you you kind of see it live and you're just like this defense is playing at a different level um, because it's so it's so easy I think to kind of just see the defensive line group kind of um, you know not stand out as much right if you know if you've got like a, a roster like the Browns maybe like Miles Garrett or like a TJ Watt or somebody like individually I think you can recognize like okay those guys stand out but when you have everybody on the line feast I mean you know a lot of things are going right for that team and it's just so much fun to watch as well it's just like you know anybody can literally make a play it's just a matter of time mm. yeah the defense is a lot of fun i really want to accent this van noy sequence because it was so important odell fumbled you know we were driving it was near the end of the game uh, or and the half rather and he took over they were in position to maybe get another field goal and they knocked him out of field goal range and then knocked the ball you know, back in the Ravens' possession and put them in field goal range. This could have been a one-score game going into halftime. It turned out to be another two-score, 14-point lead by the Ravens uh, because of that huge turnaround play. And I, I just think that the context of those big plays is really important to talk about. Another thing I wanted to talk about was how Queen was as a blitzer. There was this moment where he was out in pass coverage and then... Uh, before the ball was snapped, snuck in, got a free blitz, and then uh, Gino, you know, hesitated and uh, you know, had a bad play. And I think kind of want to like address, you know, there was a comment where we got a lot of Se- Seahawks fans engaging with the the show, which was really cool. Um, and <laughs> someone said that we had a, a bad take that you know uh, he only got sacked once. He's not bad under pressure, and I think it was a misunderstanding. I was saying that when he's under pressure, he makes bad like decisions bad reads bad throws like he's just not i'm not saying he's not good away getting away from pressure he actually did a decent job of that i think we could have more sacks if he wasn't as elusive but uh no it just definitely uh we're able to rattle him and and slow down this attack so just a very impressive performance by the uh the ravens defense yeah i was gonna say there's a lot of pre-snap motion by queen actually um on the rewatch too there's another play um where seattle kind of had like uh it's two receivers wide to the left or something. And uh, even Romo called it on the broadcast. He's like, Gino, you should recognize this and throw behind the blitzer. Like literally, you know, Queen comes in on a blitz. There's only one guy on the outside. You've got DK over there. It's like, you got a block. Like you basically <laughs> need a touchdown. <laughs> and uh, and Gino didn't see it and ended up handing the ball off the running back. And Queen was right there to tackle him for a loss. So, you know, it was one of those. Yeah, just I think there was a lot of... Um, you know, disguise, I think, um, you know, I think there's obviously like a lot of speed too. I think Ravens are just bringing guys so quickly that, you know, Gino had to process things really, really quickly and, you know, just make a decision, you know, fortunately for that one, like it wasn't that bad of a negative play, you know, obviously it wasn't a turnover, but tackle for loss isn't great either, but you know, I, I guess you could say from that perspective, it wasn't, wasn't the worst move, but also like you recognize that and you'll be able to check, check that call you know, you possibly get a touchdown there. So, um, yeah, obviously I think, you know, the the Ravens are doing what they can to just make guys uncomfortable, and they were definitely due to Geno. And, uh, you know, they just got to continue stacking games like this, uh, especially as we get into some of the later parts of the season where we start to play some of the more veteran quarterbacks. I'm definitely curious, like the, you know, I, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I know, you know, we got the Browns game next week. We'll talk about that next, uh, in our next episode, but you know, if I'm looking you know, right now, I'm looking at that uh, repeat game against the Bengals. Um, now that Burrow's healthy, I'm like, 
I want to see I want to see a healthy Burrow against this defense because right now the kind of the way we're trending, like it's looking like it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I I am too, and it kind of brings me to this meta point I wanted to talk about with the defense. Um, Roquan said during his availability with the vault that uh, the Ravens' defense is a dictatorship, and we tell the offenses what they can do. And I think he's not wrong, and they're not the only dictatorship. I think a lot of defenses are becoming dictatorships just like their level of execution is different and what i mean by that is a lot of these quarterback uh backs <laughs> a lot of these quarterbacks have um you know they see the coverage they know the rules and they like check down um and i think what makes the ravens defense so special is that when you check down they just like absolutely attack the ball and are able to um you know limit the amount of yards you get and it's really hard to live that way um I'm curious what this defense is going to look like when they go against a quarterback like Burrow that doesn't care that he's not supposed to go there and will like test it. I think we haven't really seen quarterbacks willing to, I don't know, guess wrong on the test. Like they know what they're supposed to do and they don't care. They're going to go to chase anyways kind of thing. I want to see how the defense responds to that because right now we are basically funneling everything and making it really difficult. And um, I think if they dare us, we'll get picks. <laughs> that's my hope. <laughs> but I, that's what that's what I'm most curious about. Because like, if you play to our rules, like you'll never win. I feel like you know, like we really have to shoot ourselves in the foot to lose football games if you try to play by our defense's rules. Because they're gonna, you, you might you might get a touchdown. You might sniff the end zone. You might sniff the red zone like once or twice a game. But you're not gonna score many points. So I guess that you mean by see what what Burrow looks like against this defense. You mean healthy Burrow. I mean, healthy Burrow or, um, you know, any quarterback that's willing to, to kind of push the ball. Like, I feel like... Well, I mean, because we already yeah. saw... We've, we've already seen Burrow against this defense this year. I guess that's what I'm trying to actually, I, th- I, th- I, th- I mean, he had the best success yet, right? He did. Like, he did, yeah. Um, he, there was yep. a couple times that they had good plays and they got 24 points. And I think that is like... Now that's, an, that's the next test for this defense. We've proven that if, they, if everyone plays within structure, you're going to win. How might you play when they go out of structure? Um, so I think that's the next test and the good quarterbacks will try it because they understand the risk of reward and they think they're better and they might be, you know, the, the, <laughs> these are exceptional athletes. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, that's what, that's what I'm most excited to see. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think to your point, particularly when we look about what happened with, with Detroit as well as Seattle, um, both those offenses, and this isn't to take anything away from Jared Goff or Geno Smith. Um, I'm a, a big fan of both those quarterbacks, how they've been able to revive their careers with new teams. I think it's a great story. And I think that, um, you know, golf looked really good against uh, Vegas on Monday night uh, after playing us. I have a feeling that Gino is going to bounce back just fine as well, even though I know I've heard a lot of chatter um, among the Seahawks community that maybe he's not quite as good as last year. Um, so I, I, I still think that he's had success and he's, he's going to be fine. But um what the Ravens did really, really well against Detroit and um, Seattle, and I think is really worth discussing here based on what happened in Arizona, um, was take the run game away and just give n- just nothing, just not giving any ground there at all. And both those offenses, they really need that running game to get going um, to be able to take pressure off their quarterback because neither of those quarterbacks are guys who are going to in a, a good amount of matchups, be able to take over and, and do like, you know, what like Omar Jackson or Patrick, Patrick Mahomes can do and just take over the game through the air. Right. That's not saying that they, either of those guys can't, but it's just, it's less likely that they'll be able to. 
we talked about uh, last week how despite the fact that Arizona didn't really have success rushing the football, they kept at it and were able to at least make that be something that, um, you know, wore down the Ravens defense a little bit, not a ton, but, you know, they were at least able to do it adequately. But the Seahawks couldn't do it against the Ravens at all. And that's a good back you have back there in, in Kenneth Walker. Zach Charbonnet, obviously a, a talented rookie, a guy who was starting to show some life. He didn't do anything in this game. Walker tried. Walker tried. There was one play in particular. I can't remember which. I think it was in the first half where um, Walker was trying to go to the outside. He had to backpedal and go way like five yards behind the line of scrimmage the other way. And we almost got him in the backfield. But I think he was able to get two yards out of it. Um, it, it was a really good showing by the run defense after a week where it wasn't a bad game against the run in Arizona, but certainly one that, um, you know, we wanted to see them do better. And they answered the call there and just completely uh, neutralized a very strong Seattle rushing attack. And I think that was step one. That's the easiest thing to do to, uh, to have a strong defensive performance, right? Make a team with a good but not great quarterback one-dimensional and try and beat you that way. That was step one, and, and they um, executed that to perfection. Yeah, I mean, looking at everyone. I mean, Walker, Charbonnet, even Geno Smith on a couple of scrambles, all of them under two yards of carry. I mean, any way you slice that, like, I mean, you know, you could nitpick them between like three and four yards per carry and like, you know, ah, there's outliers and stuff like that. But if you're under two, that means like defense is doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about Hamilton missing a pick. And having to do push-ups on the sideline. I feel like we need to talk about that. That was disappointing. I feel like uh, that would have been the cherry yeah. on top for a defensive <laughs> performance. He, uh, DaCosta is in the, the background of the, the television copy. And he just is like, oh! <laughs> he couldn't believe himself. It's definitely like a memeable moment. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we picked Stone with a seven-round pick. This guy's got six picks. What I had seven. And <laughs> Hamilton can't even get one. Yeah. What the heck? Bust. <laughs> He's a bust. Oh, man. Some would say. I'm not, no, I don't know who, but they might be, you know, people who have, who have been on CBS and might, per, you know, currently be on a drive home hour of a local radio station. But anyways, um, yeah, I made the mistake of listening to that show the other week and want to cry realize i realized oh, you can, quickly why you, I don't you can also you can also add a, a guest star on masson right? Yeah, I know. From, from this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the list anyway, of accolades yeah. of the person we shall not mention. <laughs> hey, look, I, I do get it. Look, I, I do get that we we, we all want to see this guy get more sacks. We'll see him get more interceptions, right? But I mean, like, I'm almost positive that take is in the vast minority of the fan base. I think a lot of fans see it as we see it. And honestly, you know, I've learned some things watching some other guys on YouTube um, break down Kyle Hamilton and what he's doing that stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, stuff that you really got to watch the film to see. I mean, he's blanketing players. He is uh, wrapping up and tackling. Um, you know, we talked about how Trey McBride had a big game last week, not when Hamilton was guarding him. Hamilton uh, made some good defenses there in that game against uh, McBride. Um, he's been really good against the tight end, in tight end coverage in his career so far. But yeah, I mean, Unfortunately for him, the interceptions just aren't coming yet. 
I don't know if they're ever going to come yet. I, I have not done enough of a you know, look at what he did in college to say if they're going to or not. But I, th- I think even if the guy gets no inter- – if that one interception he got against Cleveland is the only thing that he does for his career and he continues to do what he's doing now, then he was a slam dunk pick for the Ravens there because he's doing so much that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that is so important for this defense and is a huge reason for why that they're having the success that they are. Um, and Hamilton has been exactly as advertised for this team. And he uh, just felt so bad for the guy that he <laughs> didn't get the interception. And, you know, you said, I don't know if it was on the broadcast, but they showed it on the, on the jumbotron. He went straight to the sideline and just got down, <laughs> started doing pushups. He wants those picks so bad. And yeah, it was, him, it was on the, yeah. on the broadcast, which I thought was, was hilarious. It? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would say, I think what's so special about him. He's always around the ball. He's great in run um, defense. I think he's so sticky. I just, I mean, I'm so, I, Tony Romo said that he's a pro bowler, all pro. And I was like, that's news to me. I don't think he will be. Cause I don't think he gets enough, uh, you know, name recognition because it's basically a popularity contest, but I love the idea. Like one day Kyle Hamilton as an all pro, uh, safety. I, I love, I love what I'm hearing, but I, I think he is playing at a level that's super special. And the only thing that might ever hold him back is that he's like, a fake player and that he doesn't have a real position. He's like all over the field. So being positionless, it's going, it's going to be like, uh, why, um, Henderson wasn't like involved in the gold glove conversation. He like, wasn't enough for a utility player and wasn't enough in any particular player uh, or a <laughs> position. It's like, that's, what's going to happen to Hamilton. They're like, we don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> what is he? <laughs> uh, just another reason why awards are stupid, but <laughs> that's okay. What are you going to do? You get punished for, for being able to uh, play multiple positions. <laughs> yeah. I was going to mention, because, uh, you know, on the kind of the topic of safeties, Peter, you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, with, uh, with the Marcus Williams situation of like, okay, he comes back. How do you keep Gino on the field? Because he's playing so good right now. And I think we got a little bit of a taste of what we could do with these three safety looks. I think they use that a lot, quite a bit in the second half. So they'd ended up putting Gino Hamilton and Worley all on the field be able to cover all the receivers that Seattle was employing. And I think it worked pretty good. You know, I think it, it, you know, there's, there's definitely a place, you know, assuming Marcus comes back and he's healthy. Um, I think honestly, that's a big key right now is just the defense is playing so good right now. I think, you know, there's not really a weak spot on this team. I, I think if I had to really nitpick, I'd say maybe Moet is a little bit of a liability in coverage, but that's really nitpicking, honestly. I think he does, again, he does a lot of good things really well. I think he's a good blitzer. I think he does cover uh, fairly well. I think really the, the biggest thing for him is just like a size mismatch. Um, there are just some guys that are significantly bigger than he is, and he's just not able to make a play on the ball. But with Marcus, I mean, we saw a couple of weeks ago when he tried to come back the first time, it was a little rough. Obviously, you know, I think he's, you know, he still has some physical limitations. Um, you know, but assuming if he is able to come back and play well, um, I, I don't, I don't think it'll be a problem to get, you know, all three safeties on the field. There are going to be plenty of opportunities for that. And I think McDonald is, uh, more than capable of, of figuring out how to make that defense work to be able to get all the best players on the field. I think we move along to the offense. They scored 37 points and Lamar Jackson was responsible for zero touchdowns directly. And uh, fantasy managers everywhere are losing their minds, saying that he's a bust. And I, I love, I love it. Like the guy, <laughs> the team scored thirty-seven points. They took him out after they scored thirty points by like beginning of the fourth quarter, 
<laughs> he's a garbage quarterback because the accounting stats don't say so. Okay. Keep keep uh keep sleeping on Lamar Jackson. It's all good. Man, are are there are there actually people who are who are saying that? Oh yeah, yeah. He has like he, he keeps oh, mentioning yeah. them in his like social media, being like, "I don't care about your fancy points. Yeah. <laughs> too, oh, winning's too good." <laughs> I mean, yeah. some I literally saw somebody on Reddit the you know just this morning of asking like you know why is like why why don't the Ravens let Lamar throw touchdowns in the mm-hmm. red zone? I think, and it's just mm-hmm. like, well, one, they've got a run game. And two, like, why are you asking? Like, are you actually a fan? They're like, ah, oh, I'm actually a fantasy guy. So, like, you know, I just want to get him points and everything. And it's like, shut up. Like, the team's winning. Oh, you man. scored 37 points. What's the complaint? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I will highlight someone who actually, you know, tracks how real football players are doing in the real game. Um, <laughs> Bill Barnwell from ESPN, uh, a guy whose, whose work I always enjoy reading when I get the chance. I think he has a really, um, unique and and uh, insightful take on the game uh did opened his uh mid-season uh awards watch uh for his uh article today um he does that every year uh, i think he does quarter and three-quarter season too um but well if you look at, at his um i don't think he's too worried about fantasy football stats or Either that he just doesn't have Lamar Jackson on his team because uh, you look at his list and who's the front runner in his mind for uh, MVP of the season? It's our QB one, Lamar Jackson. So I think the people who are uh, tracking real football um, are seeing what Lamar is doing and are looking at it and being like, "Hey, look, this guy can throw four touchdowns. He can throw zero in a game, but regardless of that, he's doing the stuff to make this offense work." and you know, it, 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 we were saying it was coming together, right? It was coming together. Um, people were throwing out PFF stats all over the place. PFF really liked how Lamar was throwing the football um, against Pittsburgh and and the, against the Titans. And, you know, the, the, the talk was just like just the guys around him. The guys around him have to step up and make plays. Lamar's making plays, but the offense isn't humming because he's the only one. These past three weeks, um, we're seeing everyone step up and make plays, and it's – it's looking really good. And, you know, the scary thing is I don't think this offense is done growing. I don't think we've seen its final form. I think it's going to keep going. You know, we look at it all, and there's still some guys on here who are like, we can see you do even more, right? Yeah, indeed. We actually saw one of them bust out uh, absolutely like Kool-Aid man broke into the scene because Keen Mitchell, I-, I heard that it was his mom's birthday, and she wanted 53 yards because she was turning 53. And he doubled it. <laughs> he more than doubled it. Uh, huge breakaway runs, showed the speed, got his first career touchdown. And suddenly we're over here thinking to ourselves, how are we getting Keenan Mitchell the ball more? <laughs> you know, like this guy is a, a pop rocket. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly where, but, um, you know, I mean, I'd say like you're anywhere like near midfield give the guy the ball because he's a threat to take it to the house in any play. I mean, the, uh, the speed, I think we talked about it during the game, but like his, his low center of gravity and just his ability to take contact low, um, really a benefit. He could just kind of bounce off tacklers. And he showed that a number of times, you know, obviously I, I think he was a great spell too. You know, we've been, I think riding, uh, Gus Edwards a lot last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, obviously we do love to see that. Uh, he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns himself. Um, that's why Lamar hasn't had so many. 
but uh but still i mean you know he's a you know he's a player who's been around a while um nice to nice to be able to spell him from from time to time and i think that was kind of the game plan it seemed like in the second half was you know really give the ball a lot to to hill and then to mitchell and mitchell did so well it was like okay keep feeding them the ball and it wasn't really until they hit the red zone that they were put edwards back in so yeah i mean if that's the game plan i think that's great it's a great idea um you know obviously we like to see mitchell you know, uh, continue to grow, you know, get involved a little bit more in the passing game and, and kind of see where he fits in there. But I mean, right now, yeah, he's, I mean, we saw it on the preseason, man. I mean, he just has like that element of speed or Hill had a lot of that too, but right now, like Mitchell's like at a, at a different level right now. I mean, Keaton Mitchell has, has special playmaking ability. Um, and, and what's, what's crazy about it, if we really think about it, it's, I think one of the most surprising, uh, I don't know if I want to call that his debut, because obviously he did have a couple snaps against Tennessee. I feel like this game was his debut because this was the first time we saw extended uh, action out of him. And I think it was the most surprising debut we've seen from a player that we weren't surprised was successful. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we when we signed Keaton Mitchell as an undrafted free agent, I mean, everyone was going crazy. Like we saw his his highlight tapes and, you know, and you saw him uh, bursting those big runs. You saw some stuff in preseason and we're like, man, this is a guy that we can have him come on here as the fourth running back and they can pick up packages for him. And like every three or four weeks, he'll have a play and he'll make a splash play and that'll make the defense, you know, have to keep their eye on him and, and take some pressure off the other guys. I don't think we were expecting to see a dominant performance like this from the guy against one of the best rushing defenses in the league. I mean, we were all exchanging glances every time you touched the ball. I feel like we were just like, man, we can't believe what we're seeing here live from this guy. And look, the knack on him coming into the league was, hey, this guy can't break tackles. He's not going to make people miss. Um, he showed some of that in this game. Now, was he you know, like bulldozing people over? No, but I think he definitely saw improvement um, from what you saw in the preseason, uh, they were pretty much just doing stuff to the outside. He was doing stuff between the tackles. I mean, some of those runs, uh, a name that came to mind for me um, was D'Angelo Williams, if you guys remember him. I'm sure a lot of listeners do. That guy had special uh, playmaking ability when he got in the open field at the running back position. And I'm not saying Keaton Mitchell is D'Angelo Williams. They both have you know some different running style. But that he looks like he if he can continue that, like that's the type of home run uh, ability this guy has and as much as I love Gus I mean he did have a big run but he's just not gonna going to um bust those at a huge rate right and I'm not saying Mitchell will but at least in this game he got loose a couple times yeah this is a pretty big development and I think it's big you know Gus only had 18 percent of the snaps 14 snaps on the day getting him less snaps is important I think for his long-term uh, you know, you know got to keep the, the gas full, <laughs> you know, got to keep the bus full of gas. Uh, gas is expensive, you know, <laughs> we got to gotta give it this economy, this economy <laughs> and that guy so, runs on diesel, man. So yeah, it's diesel. Sheesh. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I think Justice Hill has to be looking behind his shoulder because even though Justice got a ton of t- touches and it didn't seem like they lost faith in him after the exchanges. I mean, he's the common thread. Obviously, Lamar is too, I guess. But, like, I I feel like Lamar does a lot of this with other running backs, and it's not as bad. Like, we're seeing a lot of these fumbles happening 
at the mesh point with Justice Hill is concerning. You know, this can really stifle a drive. And I like Justice as much as anybody, maybe more. And I'm, I'm getting concerned because if Key Mitchell has the ability to pass block well, um, I think Justice Hill's valuable, like to the offense will be diminished. I think it's great that he exists. I think it's, you know, you always want more more people. Um, and I think he can still have a, a a presence, but I wouldn't be surprised if Keen takes over uh, as a snap leader at some point this year if he if he keeps being like this. I Even Roquan said he looked good in OTAs, but he never seen this. <laughs> you know, he said he looked even more special in the game. And I think that's almost, I want to say it's concerning, but it's something to keep an eye on. Let's make sure this happens again, right? This is our first sample. We saw some flashes in the limited action he got in the games prior. But next week, people are going to be paying attention. The Browns are going to be paying attention to good defense. Let's see how he performs then. Yeah. And, I mean, health, too, right? Health is a, a big thing with him. Obviously, he had the injury in preseason that kept him out for a bit. Came out in the Tennessee game, then got you know slightly dinged up and was back again. So, I mean, look, this is a good problem for the Ravens to have. Um Gus is starting to to really catch his stride. It really feels like to me, I, I haven't double-checked the stats, but just thinking back, like Gus has always been a slow start. The second half of the season is really where he has you know those games, um, and we're starting to see that already, right? And I think Justice Hill, despite the fact that, yeah, we're seeing the big play uh, ability from Mitchell, and we're, we're comparing that, inevitably um, not really justice Hill's fault, but that's just, you know what we're doing because they're similar type players and we're looking at Hill's uh, ability and we're like, man, that's not, that's not quite what, what Mitchell can do. But I think that Hill still is showing, you know, some effectiveness in this offense and look, it's a good problem to have three running backs who are all producing at a level that quite honestly is better than the, the vet guys that we've been picking up, uh, off the streets, graduating from uh, uh, Calvinoy was on uh, Pat McAfee's show a couple couple weeks ago and said that he he graduated from I believe he said off the couch university because the the Ravens signed him off the street. Uh, so you know they're they're outperforming the the um, vet running backs from off the couch university, and uh, that's this is the best shape that the Ravens running back has been, room has been in. Uh, in years and it's it's such a shame jk dobbins can't be a part of it because then it would be even stronger um i'm sure the ravens still would have tried to get mitchell um some cat some carries in in that situation but you want to make sure you get you keep these guys healthy uh so having three guys to share the load is perfect um you look at this game gus edwards only had five carries he just had that big carry in the in the second half, I guess. The, did he have a second half touchdown too? He might have. He might have. No, that second he, touchdown. Might he have got both the touchdowns in the first four carries. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he had that that first carry, first play of the second half, and then they didn't need him the rest of the game, right? Um, in my opinion, that was that was just a move to keep him healthy. It was like, okay, look, we're up big. You're shown what you can do. You got you got in your big carry for the day. Let's just run Justice and Keaton and see what we got from them, and just you know, keep your legs fresh for the rest in it because we have an opportunity here. We don't need to risk that. So yeah, I, I think that the Ravens are in a really, really good spot with these running backs and just going to got to be keeping the offensive coordinators up at night. I'm sure just thinking like, how do we balance this the best so that we get the most out of these three guys? I'm really excited to see what we got out of Gus. I'm really excited to see what we got out of Keaton. I, I still believe Justice Hill has a spot in this offense. Maybe he's going to get the least amount of carries going forward, 
I, th- I think that he's still going to be critical down the stretch just just to keep a, a healthy running back room, really. Offensive coordinators are losing their minds because they now also have to deal with the wide receivers and tight ends on this team who I think are starting to pick up in multiple ways. The big guys in this year have been Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. Well, Mark Andrews had a good game, undeniably so. 10 targets, 9 catches, 80 yards. But, uh, you know, we didn't need Zay Flowers much. He only had one target. It was a great target. Got 11 yards. Made a, a guy fly out of his cleats. But it was Not really... Just any guy. Bobby Wagner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Wagner. Like, <laughs> all, pro, all pro linebacker. Bobby Wagner, yeah. Yeah, so those guys, like, not Andrews, obviously, but Zay took a step back, and who who stepped up? Well, basically everybody that we've been talking about lately. Uh, OBJ, seven targets, five catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Isaiah Likely, this is a big game. He hadn't had a catch in a long time. Four targets, four catches for 42 yards. And then Bateman had five targets, three catches for 28 yards. thought Bateman played well as well. Not super-duper obvious from the stat sheet, but I thought it was a good game from him. Um, this is exactly what we're, we're wanting to see. These guys getting more involved. It's going to be a total nightmare trying to figure out who to cover, how to handle all these uh, players. We've seen Aguilar have his moments as well during the season. I think this is uh, exactly what we wanted to see. We wanted to see Odell and Bateman get spun up. I think we want to see Isaiah too. We just haven't talked about it. Uh, apparently, Harbaugh said he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He knew that he was getting frustrated and like bored because he wasn't involved as much. So like they, they game planned him in and look at him. He did well. <laughs> so hey, I, I mean <laughs> hey it, it, he only played 25% of snaps likely did but um, you know he got targeted on 25% of his snaps so that's pretty good and uh, yeah I think I think this guy is uh, if you get him involved you get everybody involved like this that's the way to just absolutely torment offensive coordinators and fantasy managers <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know, the, the Ravens offense is reminding me of a, of a quote from a film that um, I'm, I'm hoping this is Alec isn't going to <laughs> let us down. And, and he's seen the film, um, The Replacements. I have. Okay. Okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Man. <laughs> for listeners of the pod, it seems like Peter and I are the only ones that watch movies in this, in this Undeniably podcast. Undeniably so. Yeah. Pretty much. I don't watch many movies. I know. Yeah, any 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 pop culture reference that we try to bring up that's not, I don't know, like Marvel or something. Uh, Alec is not familiar with. Oh man, but you have seen their placements. That's good. That's good. I feel like every Baltimore fan, and I guess Washington fan too, since technically that that's a parody of the the uh, the Washington team during the strike year, even though it was all filmed in uh in Baltimore. Um should see but so there's a there's a uh scene in that film um i think before the first game uh that uh keanu reeves is going to play in uh where gene hackman's character meets uh falco as he is not flacco falco in that film um on the field at raven stadium and you know he's he's uh talk they're talking and keanu reeves is just like hey man hey coach why'd you uh why'd you pick me? You know, why'd you pick me to be the quarterback? And, um, Hackman's character comes back with, you know, I I look at you and I see two men, the man you are and the man you ought to be. Someday those two will meet should make for a hell of a football player. And, you know, I, am I think that quote really applies to what the Ravens offense is 
2023 and the evolution we're seeing with it because the you know the first third of the year we we've seen some flashes we saw some flashes with the offense but just every game it felt like we we're just like man we know these guys can do so much better we know they can put it together and we're starting now to see some things come together and i think even with all the points that have been scored these past 3 weeks we're like this still isn't its final form i think we just have such a high expectation for what this group can be and i think they're going to get there i think we're 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 seeing some other guys, like you're saying, who were still trying to get in the fold, still trying to get them to get on pace with everyone else. And once we do, this is offense, I think, is going to peak really well in the postseason. I think you'll – don't quote me on it. <laughs> but with what we're seeing, with how we're trying to get Odell involved, how we're trying to get Likely involved, how we're trying to get Bateman involved, it all looks like it's on the cusp. It looks like it's on the cusp. And, man, this offense – it's going to be a really scary thing for opposing defenses in the postseason if this trajectory continues. Yeah, it's. It, it, I feel like the comparison I'm kind of leaning with here is that like the Greg Roman offense it was more of the like 90% of the time it's sort of like the 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 safe and reliable offense, and that like if it's second like second and six, you're going to run for six to eight yards you're gonna get that every single time like there's no doubt in my mind that they, <laughs> the greg roman <laughs> offense could complete you know a rushing a play or like a you know a third and five for example like that's getting converted every single time but the you know when the the games are tough where you know defenses are locking down and then you try to get that okay you're gonna miss every once in a while and you're like oh man like every other time we made that play except for the one that counted right yep <laughs> Whereas like this offense is like some weeks and obviously not this week. You know, I think for most part things went really well this week, but um, some weeks there, it feels like, you know, we're trying out some different things and maybe it's not as reliable. You just, you know, it's not, not as consistently reliable, but the trade-off is that hopefully there's a higher ceiling because we're trying to get more types of people, like more, you know, plays involved. And it just has to like, you have to hope that you're building up enough plays enough confidence and you know with the players in those systems making those calls that eventually you have enough of a you know bag of plays and and players playing at a high level that you know you're going to be able to get to get where you need to go so um like i said this week was definitely one of those i think for the most part i think pretty much everything the ravens called i think they were able to get i think really the only knock on this offense right now is um i feel like pass protection I, I think from trying to hit some of those deep shots, I just, I don't think it's there. Um, you know, there was, I think, I think there was only one ball where I was like, yeah, maybe Lamar could have been able to hit Bateman um, and be able to score a touchdown. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, other than that, I think, I don't know if those guys were open as much. So it just maybe wasn't the right play or maybe, you know, Lamar is flushed out of the pocket, had to run for a couple yards, things like that. I feel like that's the element that right now is kind of missing. Um, and I'm a little bit worried about when we reach some defenses that are a little bit better about um, compressing the field and actually honestly playing like the Ravens defense right now. If you have a defense that you're playing against that can tackle really well and, you know, keep things in front of them, you know, I think that could be, um, that could be a challenge. But, uh, but yeah, right now I think, I think things are going really, really good. Um, particularly, yeah, just from, some of the catches in traffic too, like Bateman had a really great one in the third quarter where he was in basically in between three guys. Lamar put it in a great spot and Bateman kind of had to like go back across his body and pull it in. I mean, 
I mean, if you, you you connect on enough of those plays, like, shoot, all these complaints that I just talk about, like, none of that even matters because you know you're just you're 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 hitting you know these sort of like really small windows and executing at a really really high level. So, yeah, love to see it. Even Odell, man, we were <laughs> we had a whole we had a whole discussion last pod about what to do about Odell, and the answer was just keep giving him more targets. Odell really does well, I think, when he's uh, in the slot at this point. I think um, we, we've seen him try to play on the outside. Not that he can't perform well there and he hasn't had some good catches there, but I, I think he can really make his hay in the slot and we should just let it happen. And um, we'll see how it goes. But he finally got his touchdown. There was concerns that, you know, Lamar's uh, ankle might have been tweaked. You know, he was limping around a little gimpy after that fourth and one play. But uh, after his explosion on the sideline... <laughs> I can confidently say I think the guy's okay. I think he just, uh, you know, rolled it a little bit. Nothing too crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, he finally got his touchdown. I think that was a big moment for the team. He was he was definitely fired up. It's something, There's something special about when he catch, catches the ball. I guess he just has so much star power. Like, to me, like I like when he catches the ball, but I like when Zay and Bateman catch it more. I guess because they're homegrown. They're, like, kind of our guys rather than him coming in. But uh, M&T Bank doesn't seem to agree. It's like when Odell touches the ball, it's just like, ooh, big eruption. And maybe it's partially because he accelerates a little bit more, but uh, he's a – people respond differently. It's kind, of, it's kind of a spectacle. Well, it was hyped up quite a bit, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I got into the stadium a little bit before you guys did, and, and I, was, I was, went up to the seats and realized that it was September in November. I went back down and waited in line to buy a water, and I was listening to – they have uh, a pregame show going on, and man, all they were talking about the whole five minutes I was waiting in line was how it was Odell's birthday and how he hadn't caught a touchdown this year and how the Ravens are really going to try and get him a touchdown, and it was going to be so great when Odell gets a touchdown. Did you know that Odell has been a great receiver in this league? And man, we can't wait for <laughs> Odell to get to- It was nonstop about Odell, and I'm like, and look, man, look, I got respect for Odell. He's been in the league for a while. He's done his thing. I know that some people... I uh, don't like him because of some things that have happened with him, you know, uh, getting angry at teammates or um, I don't know what, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when players are allowed, there's of course going to be people in the general public who have opinions. I try to not let that sully my mood on someone who I don't actually know. But I mean, look, I, I, I do think that his celebration was a little over the top for a vet guy who's been around <laughs> as long as he has to you know finally get your first touchdown of the year halfway through the season in garbage time. But look, man, if that's what he needs to get himself back on track and you know find a way to be effective for this team down the stretch, who, which I still think he can do despite you know the misgivings that I stated in detail last week, then I'm all for it, man. You know, he has a role in this team. He can be effective. He just has, and the, him and the coaching staff just have to work together to figure out what's the best spot that he can be on this team to be effective and help this offense in tight contests, and everything will be fine. I think that's really just what it comes down to. The fade routes doesn't seem like his game anymore, like we're saying. I think you hit the nail right on the head. The slot, he seems to be able to have uh, some effectiveness there, and just go from there and just figure out his spot on the offense figure out where Bateman can thrive. We figured out where Zay and Andrews can. We figured out that Nelly can come in and and be a guy when no one else is being able to make a play. We've got guys on this offense and we're figuring out what roles they're going to have. And again, I think that's part of what you're seeing with this work in progress offense that it, to me looks like it's being set up to peak 
in the postseason. So uh, I think everything's still going to plan for these guys and really excited to see it continue to come to fruition. Um, I do want to circle back, though. I do think Chris is bringing up a very good point with the offensive line. That is one area that I think can still get improved. This game was excellent uh, from run blocking perspective. You look at the run blocking tape. The Ravens were absolute bullies against the Seahawks. Uh, Pat Ricard was in there quite a bit. Um, he was really effective. Uh, the interior of the line, particularly, uh, Tyler Linderbaum put on a clinic. Uh, John Simpson had a very good game as well. Zeitler, I think, has, has performed a lot better the past few weeks than he did to start the year. Um, and I don't think Stanley McCary had a bad game, but I do think that the, the times when there was pressure on Lamar, you looked at the tackles, of course, there, there was, you did have Stanley let uh, Boye get past him twice in a row. Uh, the first time Lamar was able to outrun him, the second time Lamar got stripped, right? Um, and something I heard uh, today was that Keaton Mitchell's uh, rushing touchdown was the first touchdown this season that the Ravens scored where, you know, the play started outside the red zone, which... I haven't had a chance to verify that on, on my own, but thinking off the top of my head, that does actually seem accurate. That is something else this offense, I think, is going to have to to do, is to score explosive plays um, at a little bit of a higher rate. Because if you get into a game that's a shootout, which they haven't this year, except maybe Cincinnati, you're going to need to be able to make those big plays quickly, right? And at the moment, you know... I don't know if we can say they can make it with any much reliability. They haven't been forced to, to, but that is something I think to still look at when we're looking at as a whole, not just individual players that need to improve. Um, what as far as the, as the execution as a team needs to get improved, I think you got to look at that pass protection, like Chris is saying, and look at the um, less than ideal frequency that you're uh, converting on big splash plays yeah uh, just one the second you know Linderbaum I think had a really strong game I think that that second run by Mitchell uh I mean you see him getting out in space I, I think he blocked Jordan Brooks like three times on that run I think initially kind of pushed him out of the way kind of kept going in there got him again and then Mitchell <laughs> cut inside and then he'd be able to slow yeah. down again I think Brooks was on that play I'm like that like what, what the heck are you doing man like come on get off me <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I think I think he was pretty strong. Um, I it's funny, yeah. Even with you know Stanley, I think he brought up those two plays, um, which I remember as well with you know Mafe uh, being able to get around. Um, you know, I I'd say it, it wasn't it wasn't the best, and unfortunately, the fumble obviously was you know the big kind of you know uh, knock on on Stanley for letting up that pressure. But but honestly, you know, it was one of those where. You know, because Lamar is the quarterback that he is, you know, I feel like it's probably a 50-50 shot that it really doesn't matter if he gets beat because Lamar is able to get out, escape the pocket. Um, again, like really, as long as the, you know, if the Ravens aren't playing another defense like themselves, where it seems like everybody is collapsing the pocket, as long as Lamar has an exit, it's fine. Um, I feel like there were actually many plays where you kind of saw Mafe running around and basically had to loop around and then turn around and then follow Lamar on a run play. And I mean, like, I can't, I, I can only imagine like how <laughs> winded this guy must've been at the end of the game. <laughs> like you guys are chasing me around the whole game. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, 
I, I think I think I agree with you for the most part, Peter. Like it I think run blocking, pretty good, pass blocking. There are some limitations. Um obviously I, I you know, I personally think I think I feel like that's a big reason for a lot of the uh short passing game that the Ravens want to employ. Um is is really just the, you know, offensive line. I feel like we probably talked about this early in the season too. Um when we were, you know, I, it must have been when we were talking about all the uh, screenplays to Zay in like the first two mm-hmm. weeks. We like, well, we got Zay Flowers and like he can make guys miss and everything, but also offensive line, maybe maybe one of the reasons why we're doing it. So, um, you know, obviously you got you got you to play to your strengths. Um, but yeah, you know, like you like you said though, um, being able to add that extra element to make those big plays, we know we can do it now in the run game with a guy like Mitchell. He can be that home run player and score from pretty much anywhere on the field. Um, if you can add another element in the passing game, whether, you know, doesn't matter who it is, if it's Bateman, say whoever, that's when things are really going to start to click. The uh, Seahawks pushed your tips in and they got Leonard Williams at the trade deadline. And uh, he was kind of a non-factor in this game. It was a pretty big deal, I think, for a guy like Linderbaum, who's, you know, notoriously undersized, short-armed, able to like bully off this guy. He only had a couple times that he kind of impacted the play. And um, and obviously, uh, Linderbaum got his a lot. I thought Simpson and Zeitler played well. Uh, Zeitler had that offsides, but besides that, I thought he played quite well. And then you're looking at Stanley. And, um, you know, definitely something to monitor, keep an eye on. There's been some discourse. In fact, I was on um, the Ravens Way podcast on Thursday night. There was chatter like, do we cut Ronnie next year, $8 million savings, cut uh, McCarry, and then you can get yourself a primo tackle. I don't know if that's going to do it. I don't know if that's actually enough dollars to really do it. Um, I still like am adamant that the Ravens are going to pick up a tackle in the draft. So uh, I think it's just one of those things where we're going to start moving on from Ronnie one way or the other. Um, but I don't think – I still think for eight, like $8 million opportunity cost, I'd probably keep him around. Uh, next year personally unless he really falls off the table because left tackles are really hard to come by and like you know i think even even at that cost I, i'd rather keep him around so that's interesting you're, you're you're saying you feel pretty strongly right now that you think that ronnie's uh, gone after this year no 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 i feel strongly that we'll move on eventually i mean this is his last contract oh, well we move on eventually from everyone under, I understood. I I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying this saying. is his last contract, and I, in fact, I would say he gets cut after the year after next. Like next year, I think eight million is a questionable mark, but the year after, they, they, it's only six million dead and, and twenty million mm-hmm. in savings. I think he's absolutely gone or restructured by then, um, unless like something mir- a miracle happens. So they have to start planning now, obviously. And like I said, I'll keep bringing up until April. Like the tackle draft's really good this year coming up. Like the Ravens have to execute on finding a tackle. I feel like in the in their top um, two picks. And uh, and probably even the first, frankly, but mm. we'll see. Yeah, I, it's an interesting thought. Um, kind of thinking ahead, I guess. I f- I feel like we're not going to move on from Ronnie unless like we're sure that we have the replacement, right? I mean, like if we have to fall back on Fala Lele, I feel like we would rather just have a a Ronnie who's a shell of himself, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, good point. Yeah, and I don't think they will move on without having somebody in their pocket. Sure, so to speak. yeah. Um, like I said, I think that they draft one next year and then they probably move on or they have to make a big you know, season splash or trade or something crazy because the team's too good. Left tackle is really important. Um, we got to figure this out. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, what I, what I got of it is just like, you know, what, 
they, they, we have to start planning now for the for the contingency plan because it does not look like now you know we offer Ronnie another contract. She's not playing at a you know at that level now. So you know obviously and you know the his previous contract is what it is. You know the situation happened. Um, we're glad he's back. He was able to come back because you know for <laughs> two years we were like, is Ronnie coming back? We don't know. So he's playing way you know, above replacement. I'm not trying to say that, you know. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> yeah, that, I, I know, yeah. but but still, you know, you know, for, for for the player that we knew he was, and you know, he was playing at that level prior to injury, right? It's mm-hmm. you know, he's he's not that guy, you know. Unfortunately, it's just you know, yeah. I, I I feel like it's he's not there. I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if it's this year's acute injury that's causing problems still, because I thought he played quite well last year. Um, so I'm thinking like it could still be this year's injury. So there is hope. I think there is hope. Don't get me wrong. I just think they have to start playing now. And also like Moses is getting any younger. Uh, McCary was playing this week. Like, I think you got to look for Like I said, you know, it's not, it's not often you get an opportunity to draft a tackle. I think next year they'll have an opportunity to get a real tackle and they need to take it. So, uh, we'll, we'll obviously do a lot more, uh, <laughs> analysis, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Wrap it up with MVPs. We absolutely can. I'm going to go with uh, Keen Mitchell, man, because like, that was just so much fun. Uh, I'll never forget when uh, we came on after the draft, we said, you know, there's a, like, some concerns about running back. We didn't draft a running back. And Peter and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, we, we've had a running back. <laughs> we, we, we have some beliefs. We believe in it. And then like we started, uh, you know, beating the drum with the rest of Ravens Twitter. And like it took some time. We saw the preseason flashes and, I think this is exactly the kind of uh, cherry on top on an offense that, you know, contenders want. And I, I think that's the meta point, man. Like, are we on the Super Bowl? Like, is this a turning point of the season? I, I, you know, we all know in 2019, the Seahawks game was like, quote unquote, the turning point, go for it on, on fourth and two, whatever. I'm wondering if this is the turning point for like this team's confidence. They're just playing with like so much swagger right now. I think if they're able to kind of keep, keep piling games and like get these next two division games in, in 11 days as dubs. I wouldn't be surprised if like we, we look at this as like the turning point. Maybe it was, maybe it was the lions. I don't know. I'm just saying that this is an interesting time and the Ravens like season lore. I think this is going to be a season we remember for one reason or another. So uh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm getting pretty hyped about this team. I think uh, we're seeing something special. We certainly have a, a very interesting uh, stretch of games before the bye to to really see um, how this team continues to respond. Uh, Four-game winning streak uh, certainly looks great, but we, we know it's a week-to-week league. So, um, man, there's so many guys you could pick uh, for your MVP, but I'm going to go with the guy who um, was the first guy that came to my mind after watching the game live and also uh, got the game ball for the offense uh, from Harbs. So, that kind of solidified in my mind. Okay, I think this guy definitely deserves it. And we talked a little bit about him. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, just been having a, a great year. Uh, certainly living up to, right now, to to the draft status um, that we took him in the late first round. Just was the anchor. Uh, dominant run performance against a very strong rushing defense. Uh, Linderbaum, like Chris said, he was running all around there, getting in the second level blocks on Keaton Mitchell's huge run. And he had plenty of other highlight blocks throughout the game. So Linderbaum's going to get the MVP award from me for this game. Matabike is mine. Uh, it could be anybody on the defensive line. I mean, 
Pierce Van Noy, Clowney, uh, you know, if they didn't have sacks, they had pass deflections. Uh, we didn't really talk about it too much because there was so much good, but I mean, there were so many batted balls at the line. Um, yeah, I, I, Matt Abike is, I feel like for me, leading the charge. He's playing at such a high energy level right now. Um, in pass rush and run defense, I mean, the man is just playing out of his mind right now. I mean, the... <laughs> With you know, with the with the trade for Montez Sweat and the his new contract, uh, obviously you know there's a lot of season left. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen, but man, the dollars the dollars from out of BK now are just going up and up and up and up and up. Um, I can't be more happy for him though. I mean, just like what a you know what what, what an incredible turnaround. You know, uh, he, he's just playing out of his mind right now. I love the comment in the in the notes. House is already on the market. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, probably not going to stay in Baltimore. It's a it's a real shame. I really hope he does, but that's what makes this season so special. I feel like you know we got guys like Matt BK Queen and Stone. We're worried about retention. Gotta enjoy the moment. I mean, Van Noy. We're not talking about him. Clowney. Are those guys going to be able to come back? This is a special team. Every year it is. Every year it's a great collection of players. Uh, I remember last year we did that little like soliloquy, like a little one-liner about every player on the team that contributed. I feel like this is you know another very special team with the guys that may only make one year pre- appearances or one year of like super high impact for the Ravens, but we'll certainly remember it and hopefully we can make it a an eternal memory with the Super Bowl victory. So with that, leave in the comments, message us on uh, Twitter at One Winning Pod or on YouTube One Winning Pod. Tell us who your MVPs are. Tell us who you think if you think this is the turning point of the season. We love to hear from you. And we'll be back later in the week to talk about the Cleveland Browns, the first of three home games against divisional players, or divisional opponents, rather. It's going to be a huge stretch of games, very important for the Ravens, who are sitting first in the AFC. Let's see how they respond. Go Ravens.